I want to tell you four stories today. The girl at the round table, a prophet in the throne room of God, the white girl at the black church, and the mice in the piano. The girl at the round table, she was young. I'd say mid to late 20s. She and her fiance began attending our church and they became involved in ministry at the church. One evening we were volunteering together at a program our church participated in called Room in the Inn. It was a countywide program that provided housing for unsheltered women. And the way it worked is that a church would um, volunteer to take a week, uh, maybe two weeks in a calendar year, um, and we would provide housing for uh, these usually 12 unsheltered women in our community. And uh, a volunteer would take the church van and go in the, the evening, 5 or 5.30, and pick them up at the Ace, A Hope Center in downtown Asheville, uh, bring them back to the church. The women would get all settled into one of the Sunday school classrooms, which had been transformed by volunteers into um, bedrooms. Um, and then other volunteers would cook a home-cooked meal, and there would be dinner together in the fellowship hall. Uh, they would wake up in the morning. There would be a nice hot breakfast. Uh, they would get a, a bag lunch to go. And like at 6.30 in the morning, the van driver would show up and um, take them uh, back to the A-Hope Center in Asheville where they would go about their day. Some of them would have jobs. Some of them would go into counseling, that, that sort of thing. Um, and then that cycle would repeat itself in the evening uh, for the seven days of the week. Well, it was dinner time in the fellowship hall. And uh, she approached me and she said, can we talk? So we sat down at the round table and she began to tell me her story. She was born a Christian. Her lifetime of Sunday mornings were spent at church, uh, surrounded by family and the faith community. Um, she paused, kind of gathered herself, and she looked at me from across the round table and she said, I'm having a crisis of faith. I'm struggling to believe in this God stuff anymore. It happens, you know. People struggle to believe. For some, God's existence is challenged by science or by circumstance. If there is a loving, benevolent God, someone might say, then why is there so much poverty and suffering? What about slavery and Holocaust, the, the slaughter of innocents? How can there be a benevolent, loving God with that kind of darkness in the world? Or it might be a bit more personal. Well, I prayed and I prayed, and God didn't answer my prayer. My loved one still died. It was um, interesting to me that 
the shadows of doubt that began to creep into her life coincided with her commitment to explore the Bible. And so she began to talk about that, and, and she shared the, the familiar passages uh, and problems that, that many people often have when they take an honest look at the Bible, uh, which, which is our sacred book. She stopped coming to church, and uh, eventually they moved away. I don't know what happened to her, but I do know that the last thing that she said to me at the round table was I'm having a hard time believing that any of this is true. A prophet in the throne room of God. Isaiah said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. I wonder what happened when Isaiah told his his story, this story. I wonder if people believed him or or did they need their own encounter to overcome their shadows of doubt? Were they like Thomas after Jesus' resurrection? Thomas said, unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands, I will not believe. And then Jesus shows up again and he approaches Thomas and, and holds out his hands still with the marks of the nails. And he says to Thomas, put your finger here. Do not doubt, but believe. You know, I think there's an important thing about this story that we need to remember. Jesus does not condemn Thomas for having doubts. Now, Isaiah's self-doubt might be uh, familiar to us. When we get to this place of knowing that God is real, we also begin to see ourselves more clearly and uh, maybe experience some version of, woe is me, for I am a person of unclean lips, 
and I definitely live uh, among a people with unclean lips. And maybe we experience some version of now that this has touched your lips, uh, your guilt has departed and your sin has been blotted out. Like we know, God's forgiveness makes us free. It takes us to this different place. And we become free to believe. The white girl at the black church. On Sunday afternoon, uh, Becky Chan and I went uh, just down the road to Jones Temple AME Zion Church. It was Pastor Appreciation Day for their young pastor, uh, Pastor Gregory Ivan Washington Gerald. Uh, there was um, a lot of food. There was a lot of singing. There was preaching, which meant there was a lot of shouting. Um, and there was an opportunity for what they call presentations, where people in the community can, can give gifts. And so um, we uh, gave uh, Pastor Greg uh, one of our prayer shawls and presented, to, presented it to him in the service along with a gift card um, on, on behalf of, of all of you. And then we came to this, um, uh, to this place in the service that was entitled about the pastor. And I was expecting the matriarch of the church to, to walk to the microphone, uh, but she didn't. It wasn't her. It was the white girl. And I thought to myself, well, this ought to be interesting. And it was. Like, she started talking, and she kept talking. She couldn't help herself. And she was supposed to be talking about the pastor, but she kept talking about herself. And surprisingly, though, it wasn't awkward. It seemed that everyone was mesmerized by her story. A tough story. She said that when she was just a little girl, she witnessed her father murdering her mother. And that she went from foster family to foster family, trying to find a home. She said that this was the, 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 the first church that she had ever walked into. And there was uh, kind of a, a gasp of amazement from the crowd. She was looking for God. And she said that she tried Buddhism and, and that it was nice. She said that she knew God. She, she knew God from spending time in the woods. And I was like, of course. It's like the seraph called out. That which we all know. Uh, the whole world is, is full of God's glory. And then she said, I don't know exactly what it was. But when I walked into Joan's temple, I just felt something. And that brought on shouts from the crowd. And then with this contagious smile and these eyes that were fully alive, she gave a beautiful tribute to her pastor, Pastor Gregory Ivan Washington Gerald. Well, Dr. Rodney L. Courtney Jr., 
stepped up to the microphone to, to preach the Sunday afternoon sermon. And he started by shouting what we had all just heard. I don't know what it was, but I just felt something. And he said, Abby, uh, in the black tradition, we call that the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, uh, we have this little saying, and others began to chime in. I looked at my hands, and they were new. I looked at my feet, and they were too. John Wesley described it as something like fire warming his heart. The mice in the piano. A family of mice had lived all their lives in a large piano. To, to them, in their piano world, always came the music of the instrument. It would fill the dark places and would fill the spaces uh, with sound and, and harmony. And at, and at first they were really impressed by it. They drew comfort and wonder from uh, the thought that, that someone, this someone who made the music, though invisible to them, was above and yet close to them. They loved to think of the great player that they could not see. And then one day, a daring mouse climbed to a different part of the piano, and he came back very thoughtful. He had discovered the, the secret. He had found out how the music was made. Wires were the secret. These tightly stretched wires of, of gradual length, they, they trembled and they vibrated. And so now they had to revise all of their old beliefs, none except the most conservative could any longer believe in the unseen player. Later, Another explorer carried the explanation further. Hammers were the secret. Lots of hammers dancing and leaping on the wires. This was a much more complicated theory. But it all went to, to prove that they lived in a purely mechanical mathematical world, the unseen player came to be thought of as a myth. But the pianist continued to play. Now, I, I suppose there's actually a fifth story today. As we come to this table together, we are reminded that the music is mysterious and that sometimes it's hard to understand. But we know the hammers, they leap and they dance on our heartstrings. And we know, we just know that 
this music, this song, it's our hope and our salvation. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. 
Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, because we partake of the one loaf. The bread that we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. This is the body of Christ given for you. And this is the blood of Christ given for you. Amen.
Oh